Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so thrilled to be here today with author Steve Kane from Fuck It, Got a Divorce. Hello, great to be here. Hey Steve. So how are you today? I'm fantastic today. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Cool. We're excited to have you. So how old are you and where are you from? Uh, I am all of 56 years of age Mm -hmm. and I live in Boston, Mass, and I grew up outside of Boston. Very cool. I went to Boston University, so I'm pretty familiar. A fellow traveler. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. I went to NYU. Oh, did you? Yes. So we switched. Yes. Awesome. And let's talk a little bit about your book and the inspo. Well, first, obviously, I have to know, when is your birthday? August 4th. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo with the same birthday as Obama. Actually, that is true. And, yeah. and, and maybe even the same year, I think, actually. Really? Yeah. That's, that means a lot, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. That has to be important. Yeah. He hasn't reached out to me yet, but I'm, I'm standing, sure standing sure by. I'm you're standing on the by. list, yeah. for sure. I actually yeah. just finished Becoming by Michelle Obama. Oh, I haven't read it, it yet. It was phenomenal. Yeah. If you do the audiobook, she actually reads it herself. So, oh, really? Highly recommend. Okay, cool. But speaking of books, let's talk about yours. So, is this your first book that you've written? It is my first book. Yes, I've I've worked briefly as a professional writer, a journalist, but this is my first book. Mm-hmm. And what was the inspiration behind "Fuck It, Get a Divorce"? Were you at some point in an unhappy marriage yeah. yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, I was married for uh, uh, over 20 years, and uh, my marriage ended in divorce. Uh, it was largely a good marriage, and my ex-wife is a, a fantastic person, mm-hmm. and I, we're still you know, friendly. We, we had this horrible divorce, though, and the end of the relationship was really an unfortunate chapter especially given how, you know, on balance, good everything was for a good long time. Right. And and going through that uh, unpleasant experience, I had a lot of opportunity to meet uh, other people who had either been through it or were going through it. It's an interesting thing. It's like one of those things when you kind of scratch the surface, all of a sudden, like things start pouring out of people when you raise that subject and they feel like, okay, it's safe to have this conversation. And so I kind of absorbed a lot and decided uh, to kind of put my thoughts together and thought, well, maybe this is like a blog post or something like that. Right. You know, 40,000 words later, I I wrote a book. That's awesome. And how long were you in that marriage for? It was a little over 20 years plus a couple of years of, uh, you know, living together or, 
you know, de facto monogamy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some, what are like, you know, for someone who hasn't read fuck it, got a divorce, like the, you know, the main takeaways from okay. the book. Um, you could probably think of it as two main ideas. Um, one is, Hey, congratulations. Lucky us. Uh, we're modern people. We live in the modern age. Um, and modern technologies, modern medicine, we're all probably going to live to be a hundred. I mean, or 90. And so if you're unhappy, even at 60 or 70 or something like that, let alone at 30, like, fuck it, get a divorce. Like uh, the alternative is to be in an unhappy relationship for a really long time. I mean, we're not talking weeks or months. We're talking decades. Right. And, you know, the good news is, again, you're modern people. You're going to be, you know, your brain's going to function and your sex organs are going to function right up until your 80s or 90s. For sure. So, like, you're not in in kind of, like, living retirement, you know, even if you're, right. you know, X years. But before you continue, I wonder, I actually had this conversation with my parents the other day who are in a, a marriage for over 35 years now. What is the difference? Like, how do you know if you're unhappy versus, like, like for example, are you unhappy? Do you have to be unhappy 100% of the time? You know, that's, take your advice that's, that's or, the humongous question. Right. Right. And I think no matter who you are, no matter what your relationship is, we all struggle with that. Right. right. Like, like, like your, 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 your partner, your, whatever your, whether it's a spouse or just a relationship does something that just really pisses you off. Mm-hmm. Is that like a sign that you're incompatible and that it's time to move on? Right. Or is that just because that person like had a moment of utter stupidity and did something ridiculous and you should forgive them? For sure. It's you hard know? to know because I feel like it's impossible to be completely unhappy and it's impossible to be completely happy Absolutely. in a partnership. Absolutely right. You know? I, I would say that it's 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 you know, the decision to break up something that's either a marriage or that's got like the significance and the weight of a marriage um, should be something that the first time it crosses your mind is not the time to make the decision. It's kind of like when there's a pattern Mm. either of behavior or a pattern of feelings inside your own heart that is just too persistent and too repetitive and too common to ignore. Right. Right. And you know, when you talk to people who have been in these long-term relationships and then decide to get out of it, you know, often they say things like, we grew apart, or that that's not the person that I married anymore. And and that sounds awfully judgmental, but in some sense, it really isn't judgmental. It's just a statement of the obvious, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, I'm 56. Am I the same Steve Kane I was at 26? No way. If the Steve Kane of 26 walked in here right now, not, not clear he and I would like each other all that much, right. to be honest with you. And so over the course of a long period of time, like people like evolve and change and that's just nature. That's just life. And so it's entirely possible that a relationship can wear out its welcome without it becoming miserable or, or like, like a fighting antagonistic type thing. It's just done for sure. You know, but would you say that there are some relationships that don't wear out their welcome Yeah, or it's, yeah. Yeah. I think we've, probably all met couples who are enjoying their 50th wedding anniversary or something like that. You know, part of me, you know, I can't help, but I can't help myself. I'm, I'm like, you know, a bit of a, bit of a contrarian perhaps, but part of me is like, um, okay, well, you know, maybe they're both numb. Mm. 
Mm. You know, it's it's a little hard for me to imagine a relationship that can feel fresh and new and inspiring for 50 or 60 years. You know, on the other hand, it's it's hard for me to imagine, you know, uh, putting a human being on the moon. And, and we did that. Right, right. So, so, yeah, we all know people who somehow manage it through. Mm-hmm. It may be that in those cases, both partners evolve in ways that 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 even though they're changing over time it it feels fresh and new to them and right. so and so there's like a certain you know kind of ongoing discovery right. in the relationship that's really amazing um I, I feel it, like a lot of that is like luck though absolutely it's right. luck you For know sure. that that's i say this in my book which is you know like till death do us part is the dumbest oath ever mm. because it suggests oh i just won i literally just won the lottery i just won powerball because randomly I met a person, right. maybe in a bar, maybe on an app, maybe because some friend of mine said, oh, you should go and, and go on a date with Jane or something like that. Right. And like, oh, randomly, I just met somebody. And by the way, I'm going to make this decision relatively quickly. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Right. Like, and I'm not only going to spend the rest of my life with, I'm going to enter into a legal contract that's going to seriously limit my ability to do anything else. Right. If it turns out later on that I have changed my mind. So the, the, the yeah, and by the way, I'm not trying to. That like, sounds like losing the lottery to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not trying to poo-poo like 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 the the role of luck. I mean, if right. you, like if you you know go look me up on LinkedIn or something, I've like had many chapters of my professional career, and I can tell you that luck has been one of the most major factors right. in my life, right? Good and bad. Mm-hmm. But no, I absolutely think that you know it's like people say, oh, you know, I want to meet my soulmate. Okay, well, there's 7 billion human beings on the planet. How do you know your soulmate's not living in Bangladesh? Right. Right? I mean, how do you know your soulmate's not living in Tanzania? How do you know... Or how do you know you don't have multiple soulmates? And you do. Right. And you do. What would you say to someone who says, like, you know, okay, so you got a divorce, right? Because there were a set of problems that you couldn't deal with that your partner was causing or that your relationship was causing. And then you meet, you know, you're going to meet someone else and they're going to have similar problems. You know, people who say that they're like, you know, just changing in one model for the next. And like, let's say, you know, some people say all women have their shit or all men have their shit. So you're going to find someone who has shit once again. Yeah. You know, I struggle with that one because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not even let's let's even take it closer to home. I'm not even worried about the other person's shit. Like I have my own shit. Right. You know, and maybe like maybe like I just can't it's maybe it's like in my DNA, you know, like no matter how much I want to be that person, maybe I'm this person or at least partially this person. And is it possible to ever meet another person who's going to have such perfect harmony and compatibility with me? You know, that the fact that I have a bad habit or a bad temper or whatever, you know, kind of dark or unfortunate sides to my personality is just going to be irrelevant. Right. You know, so, you know, I postulate in the book, like, imagine like some future, and I'm not, I don't think this is science fiction. I think we're heading in this direction. And I think people of your generation are like so much smarter and definitely kind of bringing this future into the present very quickly. Mm. But imagine like where a marriage license was like not till death do us part. Imagine it was an eight year contract. Right. Okay. And both partners have to renew, not just one. And so you when you then enter into the relationship knowing it's finite. You can you can turn it infinite, 
but it's by definition right. finite. That's a complete flip of where we are now. You enter into a marriage, at least if you take the vow and, and take the legal deal, then it's by definition infinite and you have to struggle to actually make it finite. Like, I think the world would just be a better place if we flip that. It's more, feels more natural to right. the people Right, I think are. that's that's great. And I, and I always say, you know, that men in particular, and you're a man, so, you know, you'd know better than I do, but I feel like like to feel as if they've chosen their partner. You know what I mean? Not as if they've been forced yeah. to be with their yeah. partner. So if you make it finite like that, then they're choosing you over well, and over. Flip, let me flip that yeah. one back on you. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'll flip it back on you. Meaning culturally, you know, at least for hundreds of years, yeah. if not, you know, more, for whatever reason, the burden of proposing has fallen on the male. Right. Right. Okay. Do you, as a female in 2019, would you ever feel comfortable proposing to a male? No, I wouldn't. But I know people who have proposed right. to men. Right. I think that, you know, I'm a tr- I'm very traditional when it comes to the roles of, in heterosexual relationships, of men and women. You know, I am a feminist, but I also think that there are some things that don't need to be changed. And one of those things is a, men- a man proposing you know, another thing is like being a gentleman and, and things like that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't know. And I think and I think that's because of like a heterosexual man's like makeup. And in their makeup, I feel as if they want to feel like or need to feel like even that they're choosing you. And that's what the proposal is for. Yeah. You know, it's a bit reductionist, but it almost is like, you know, millions of years of evolution. We're still like, you know, kind of cavemen, hunter-gatherers on some right, level. exactly. And we want to feel like, hey, you know, we 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 found our mate. And exactly. We, you know, we bagged our mate. Exactly. Yeah. There's just something, and I, I wish I knew what it was, like, exactly, but about men that I feel that they just, they need to, exactly, hunting. Like, I, I went and I found this thing and I've killed it and it's yeah. on your plate. I mean, and I'm sorry to tell you, I'm, I'm sure other people have, and I'm sorry, men, I'm about to blow our secret, but <laughs> you're, what, what you think men are like when there's no women around, that's exactly what they yeah, are like. Yeah, of course. Like no of women. course. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's tragic. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's. I mean, it's I, not. It's I, not I, as bad as. Say it's, it's not biology. as bad as like locker room talk, like Donald Trump shit. But no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's hope. Well, it's not as misogynist as right. like, as like right. a, a gorilla like Donald Trump. No, would have no, us of course. Believe, but it's very, it's very testosterone driven. Let's put it right, that way. right. Well, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> like, yeah, give us a little preview. Yeah. And, and by the way, I'm not saying this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that I've done particularly well in these settings. And, and right. so like you can take me with a pound of salt. I'm but like, like, is it more like, oh my God, yeah, I could get her or it's worse. like It's like, I don't know how, if we've if you've ever seen this movie 2001. It's a science fiction movie from no. the 60s. And it starts out in the mists of prehistory when we weren't even evolved. We were still gorillas. Right. Okay. And there's this whole scene where the gorillas who are we know we're about to evolve to be human beings. One of them like picks up a bone and just like starts like beating on, on, on this animal and then discovers that like the bone is a weapon and can kill the animal and starts going, I'm screaming and all the apes start screaming. That's kind of what it's like when there's no women around and there's just men. Right. That's terrifying. We're sitting here with two other women (laughs) and we all need to process that on our own time. But I will Uh, say modern men have at least, you know, gotten 
wise enough to know that that is it's barely acceptable behind closed doors when there's no women around. Right. It's absolutely not acceptable in any other setting. So I would say, you know, versus like my father's generation or my grandfather's generation. Right. You know, that, that there's an excellent process of rehabilitation in, in progress and getting better every day. It's just on some level, like we're all kind of like creatures of our home hormones, I guess, right? right. I mean, like there is some biological basis, in my opinion. I know that's right. not exactly a no, non-controversial opinion. You know, I actually went to a comedy show last week with my boyfriend, and it was a male comedian, and he made a joke saying, "You know, no one, no man has ever said that like their sex game is bad." Like every man is like, you know what I mean? Like no right, matter what. Now you got what, me thinking about that you've one. You've never yeah. ever heard a guy yeah. being like, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I'm a you loser know, in bed. I gave it to her, but yeah. like, yeah. it was whatever, you know. Like it's always like they're always just right. like playing nothing, it nothing up. comes to mind as Lindsay, if it was like I'll, the best, yeah. you know, like you know she's hooked yeah. now, yeah, and like yeah, no matter and, and, what. And by the way, one interesting detail, you know, I have I have a ton of. um gay men friends mm-hmm. like i think they're kind of the same i oh, mean ga- for sure right i mean gay men certainly have their own culture and their own yeah. sense of identity and all the things that right. you know kind of define their their tribe but there's still like this very male thing oh of, totally right. i mean i mean right. my my i have like a bunch of gays as well in my life and they all the way they talk about my boyfriend in particular they're like oh like fuck me up need to see his nudes like it's like very crude right, you know right. they have a better sense of humor i would say for because sure. like like the macho thing can really be played for fun for and sure. for dressing up and and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of good 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 kind of party stuff but right. but it's still a very male Thing. Yeah, whatever, definitely. You know, definitely. Biology is destiny, at least in some small part. For sure. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying the episode, but I just wanted to tell you how much I love and appreciate Lola. Lola, if you haven't already heard me speak about it, is a female-founded company for females by females, offering a line of organic tampons, pads, liners and all natural cleaning wipes. I've used all of their products now and they've been nothing but incredible for me. There's no fragrances. There's no chemicals, no dyes. I personally love the cleaning wipes. I think they're great for after sex or just, you know, like when you're, you've been running around all day, whatever it is. I love the tampons and Lola makes it super easy for you with subscriptions. So if you want 40% off all of your subscriptions, then you just enter the promo code ACME when you subscribe on mylola.com. So that's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com. And you use the promo code ACME for 40% off all of your subscriptions. So check it out. And let me know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts. Shoot me a DM or an email. All right. Hope you're enjoying the episode and I'm going to let you continue to do so. So allow me to tap into astrology for a second with you because you said you don't really know much about it. I wonder what was your, your wife who, your ex-wife, sorry, um, birthday. She was also born in August. Okay. Um, She was, let's see, August 19th. Does that still make her into like deep in the heart of Leo or? I think she's a Leo, but she's like on the cusp of Virgo. Okay. And you are in a relationship now. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. And when is her birthday? Not to put you on the spot, but let's hope you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I have a, um, um, what we like to call each other a, a VSO, which is a very significant Oh, I other. love that. Yes. yes. Um, and her birthday is March 29th. That is a great is match okay? for Good. you. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. I'm glad to That's hear that. a way better match for okay. you because the person you were with before is the same sign as you. So there's too much clashing when it comes to that. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I, I like we certainly clashed at the end. I mm-hmm. mean, it may be that like that somehow that we kept that in, you know, in abeyance for right. while things were good. But the minute things were less than good or played out or tired, you know, yeah. the uh, the gladiators. two lions. The gladiators came out, two right? two lions. Yeah, the I two mean, lions, right. it's tough. But your partner now is an Aries mm-hmm. and Aries are amazing people. Actually, my sister and my best friend are both Aries and they very much understand Leos. They're like best friends, which yeah. is really important, I think, in yeah. a relationship. Yeah, I, I'm happy to say we have a best friend type of relationship. Yeah, that's nice. And yeah. how did you guys meet? We met online. We met at Match.com. I love that. I'm sorry. Free plug. We met at a, a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> they should thank you for yeah. that. And by the time you had written that, had you guys met? No. We. Um, she's also divorced. We met. She was kind of fresh out of her divorce. I was semi-fresh mm-hmm. out of my divorce. And, you know, doing the, starting to crawl out back into the world of dating and meeting right. new people and trying apps. Love it. Yeah. And um, I, so I met my partner on an app as well, or online rather. Would you say that you had a good experience in the online dating world? Yeah. You know, the way I think of it is thank effing God right. that these apps and, and websites exist. Like what did people do before they existed? It's hard to even imagine. Like I, I don't know. hang out at a bar until you're so drunk you fall off the stool. It's crazy. We should find out when the first website came about. I'm old enough to, that I should know that. Um, let's see. I feel like 90, 96. Yeah, I, I would say it, it was one of the very first kind of successful consumer applications of the internet period. Right, right. Right? Whether it may have been something, it may have even been like Match.com or something like that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, that was explicitly about dating. Or right. maybe it was about, you know, uh, forgive me, I don't know if any of your listeners are even old enough to to recall but like before there were these apps there was like the classified ads in the village voice oh my god of course right yeah right so i think it kind of migrated out of that yeah like that, that- kind of went online mm-hmm. and then people realized like oh this is the perfect use for this technology right and it very quickly became this really interesting exercise in in tuning the technology to really be what people need and so it went off in all the different directions whether it's you know, Tinder or Grinder or Match.com or J-Date or Christian Singles or whatever. Right. Totally. So going back to your book for a second, for those of you who are not sitting here with us and can't see this, we have two copies of the book. One is called Fuck It, Get a Divorce, a guide for divorce curious optimists. And the other is called Everyday Gardening and Meditation. A blade of grass can be a path to a new you. Yes. So both books are fuck it, get a divorce. But one is the incognito version. Right. So how did you think of the idea of making two? And I wonder when someone goes to the store and they, you know, how do they know to get the other one? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't recall exactly the impetus for doing the incognito version, but very, very quickly if you start talking to people, particularly married people, about their true feelings 
about their marriage often like they literally don't want to even be in a place like they just get very self-conscious very right. very very quickly mm-hmm. um and so it just you know kind of dawned on me that you know that okay not only is the book called fuck it get a divorce but like the cover of the book says fuck it get a divorce right like is that where you're gonna leave lying around your cubicle at, at work or right. are lying are you gonna leave it on your bedside table uh for your spouse to see <laughs> yeah um and so i thought okay i need a need another one that's incognito that you can leave lying around i mean it is exactly the same book if if your if your partner picks up the book and starts thumbing through it it's it's the the, the the you know they'll they'll understand what the book really is right um but i searched and searched and searched my mind like what is the perfect incognito cover i didn't want to have a million of them you know so right. what's kind of like a one size fits all incognito cover and i thought you know meditation is kind of a subject that For old sure. young male female everyone gets into urban, it at suburban, some point. rural yeah. everybody might have an interest in meditation right. and leaving that book lying around and then I added the and, and the gardening part of it to make it a little esoteric to maybe seem a little boring right. to try and dissuade your partner right. from picking it up and looking at it too closely. But then, like, let's say you really know your partner well and you know, like, they're kind of, you know, the kind of books they read. Wouldn't you be like, hmm? Um, if your partner's deeply into meditation, you may be screwed. Right. You know, you, or you, like, you or win, like, you can't win with kind me. of weird that they're reading such a boring book. Like maybe that's a reason why yeah, I don't want to be with this person. No, that, that's a risk. I agree. You so know? in that case, if there's anybody listening who's concerned about that, you know, uh, keep it in a plain paper bag or totally, something like that. Totally. Guess, so let's know? say I walk <laughs> into, you know, a Barnes and Noble or, or where this is sold and I see, how do I, you know, make it clear that I can't buy this because my, you know, my husband will see it. Right now it's only for sale. Other. It's on it's on Amazon and I it's see. on my website. I see. Um, and in both cases, you should be able to find the, if you find one, you'll find the other one. Tried to make it as easy as possible to know that both versions exist. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. And um, thank you for my copies. Yeah. I can't wait to get yeah. into that. Yep. I'm back interrupting your episode, but don't be mad because it's a great opportunity for me to tell you about something that I've been taking that I think might benefit you. I never really took vitamins before and I tried the this vitamin called Ritual, which is a woman's vitamin. And basically what it does is it all the nutrients that we don't get enough of from food, which is like, personally, I don't eat salads, as you know, don't expect salads. So I need all the nutrients I can get. And they're in the these really clean, absorbable pills. There's nothing shady added. It's great. It's like, it fills the gaps in your diet. It doesn't create any nausea. There's a minty aftertaste. So it's kind of like chewing gum, but really healthy with a lot of omega-3s. And it delivers straight to your door. It's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, all of these incredible things. I love Ritual, and I want you to enjoy it too. So why don't you go to ritual.com slash Acme, and you'll get 10% off your first three months. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. And hopefully you'll have you know the same experience that I did because I'm really, really enjoying it. And I feel like I finally have a complete diet, which is a great feeling. So ritual.com slash Acme, check it out. So going back to your current relationship, yep. you met on match.com. Yep. 
And how long have you two been together now? Three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's not nothing. Yeah. I would say, I've actually heard that if you can be Is with someone- Is that right? A little, little less than three years? A little less than, okay, yeah. I've, I've heard that if you can be with someone for two years, you know, you can, you can make it work for, for a while. That's interesting. You know, I'm happy to tell you that, that we had like instant rapport mm-hmm. and instant kind of compatibility in, this, in that, you know, kind of first blush right. sense. And it's not like any relationship is uneventful. But like the like the natural um, attraction, you know, really was obvious in our case, and, right. and you know, whatever we've been making it up as we go along ever since. Mm-hmm. But it started really well, and it's still great. Love that, and yeah. you know, since you've gone through this divorce and you've written this book, is there anything that you made sure to, I, I guess, not do in this relationship or do more of? You know, boy, we could do a whole podcast on that. And she has children. And I have children. My children are a little older. Her children are a little younger. But they're all basically kind of teenagers or end of teenage years. Right. And, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in my book is that it's a myth that divorce is bad for kids. Right. Divorce can be bad for kids. Mm -hmm. And the defining characteristic, if you will, of a divorce that is has a negative long-term consequence for children is one in which the partners fight in front of the children mm. or use the children as a weapon or as a tug of war or something like that. And so back to my new relationship, since we both had children who were both recently kind of living through their parents breaking up and getting used to the, the new universe, um, we were very, very, very careful about integrating ourselves into our, the other's children's lives very slowly and mm-hmm. carefully. It wasn't like, hey, Steve's here. He's the new guy. Everybody right, like, move right. your shit out of the way so he can sit down. Right, You right. know, it was very, very slow and careful. And it mm-hmm. was always very couched in the, you know, dad's dating, you know, not, you know. But that's not, it's not a zero-sum game. Just because dad's dating doesn't mean dad has less time for anything else, including you, children. Right. Um, that's one thing. The other, it's in our case, it's not particularly logistically practical for us to live together, but we don't live together. Um, we spend as much time as we possibly can together, but we are quite content at this stage to maintain separate residences and separate lives when when needed. She's a, a busy professional. She's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. started her own business, you know, kind of, you know, that old cliche when you, you know, because you're self-employed. Right. One thing you know when you're self-employed is you have an asshole for a boss. Yeah. Um, and so she's got a total asshole for a boss yep. and very heavy demands yeah, always on working. her time. And so not, I'm not saying this always happens in a marriage, but the fact that we're not married, like it's a very, it's an easier thing to navigate, like having separate spaces and separate lives and separate professional demands. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I jokingly call it a Google calendar relationship because like, you know, send a calendar invite, yeah. you know, to make sure that the, the, that the schedules uh, sync up. Totally. Yeah. And not to put you on the spot, but do you ever see yourself getting married again? Well, forever is a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And given that, you know, my VSO um, is herself a decorated veteran of a marriage, I could certainly see a conversation because, you know, one of the interesting things I would say, and I'd be interested to talk to somebody who's never been married. So caveat, maybe maybe it's different. (laughs) But like at, at this stage of our lives. Right. Like we have a lot of baggage, mm-hmm. we have a lot of mileage, and in some ways that's kind of a drag, but in some ways it's kind of awesome mm-hmm. because there's just nothing that we can't talk about. 
Right. You know, like there's nothing like, like at this stage to pretend that I'm like innocent is just like a joke. Like I'm, I'm just like, I've been through this. I've been through that. I've done certain things. Well, I fucked other things up mm-hmm. royally. Here's my regrets. She's the same. And so any kind of discussion about marriage, I would think would be something that would be a much more kind of carefully thought out easily and without like a lot of like intensity, you know, all the ins and outs and pros and cons talked about right. versus, you know, I love you. Let's get married right now. For sure. Right. For sure. I actually have a friend who just got out of a seven year relationship and um, shout out to my friend, you know who you are and you're listening. And we joke about how she really wants to find a guy who's been divorced. I'm 28. She's 28. But maybe like a 35-year-old or something divorcee because she thinks that he's not going to fuck up again type thing. Hmm. Um, What Hmm. do you think about that? I kind of like her thinking. I'm not sure I would go so far as to say that rules out the possibility that he's or anybody in that position is going to fuck up again. For sure. The one little caveat, and this is something interesting I experienced when I was like on on dating apps and everything. Right. There's a certain type of person who's like, if you check the the box that says I'm divorced... Like, like they don't want to have anything to do with you. Why is that? It's not that they don't want to have anything to do with anybody who's ever been divorced. They right. just want to know, like, well, when was your divorce? Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. Like, you're still molten lava. I don't want to get too close to you. I'm going right. to get, I'm gonna get yeah. burned, you know? But you so never, I would tell her to a little bit of distance careful. maybe. Yeah, yeah, but you never know because sometimes, like, something's over long before it actually ends. Excellent you point. Know? Yes. And um, that was the case, by the way, in my right. marriage, which is that we hung on for a long time after we both knew right. that it, we, it was toast. Right. What does your ex-wife think of your book? I think she likes it, actually. Uh-huh. I mean, um, you know, out of respect for her, I definitely gave her the manuscript and told her I was working on it and asked her, you know, if she had any comments and wanted to reassure her that I wasn't writing some long, angry screed about our marriage sure. or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure she was pleased to discover that the only things I say about her as a person is what I said to you earlier is she's awesome. Like, I was madly in love with her. I was so excited to get right. married to her right. the day I married her. And, you know, for the most part, it was a really good thing. It was one of the highlights of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't know that she's out there, you know, buying copies and handing them to all her friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think think uh, all her friends know that I wrote the book and I don't right. think that she has any bad feelings about it whatsoever. For sure. Yeah. So going back um, to kids, you know, when you get a divorce and stuff like that, um, all of my friends' parents kind of waited. They either got ma- got divorced much younger, like when we were in kindergarten, second grade, or they waited until we went to college right. and then they all like divorced at once. Right. Um, what's up with that? Was, yeah. Why do they think that that's like the time? If only they had asked your opinion, you know, or your friend's right. opinions, right? Um, but and, and I was guilty of that, and my ex-wife and I, of waiting. At least that's what we told ourselves, that part of it mm-hmm. was to in some way wait till some future date when the children were old enough to handle it better. And I, I, I think that's just, I can't speak to every particular situation, but in the in the broad majority of cases, I think that's silly because two things. One, no matter who the kids are, how old they are, how well adjusted they are, how brilliantly the, the breaking up parents behave, mm-hmm. how flawlessly they execute the plan. When mom and dad break up, it's a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just is. It's like 
all, I mean, that's all you've ever known. Right. And all of a sudden, like the world's turning upside down and you're just a kid and you don't know that like, you know, you get pushed down, you stand up, you get back on the horse and you ride, you know, like, so, so it's like, so, so there's no age that you can wait till where kids will just be immune. Like that's just never going to happen. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that coin is I don't care if you're, how old your kids are. They're also like not really all that blown away by the idea of divorce. Right. They may be, you know, unhappy of course, and shocked if you will, that mom and dad are breaking up, but they're not like, oh my God, divorce. We're going to live in shame. We're going to have to go leave the county and, you know, like we're going to be branded, you know, like divorced family, you know, like that. And the easiest way to get that thought through our heads is to say, well, the statistics are say that about 50% of marriages end in divorce. Well, what does that mean? That means that your kids are surrounded by divorced people. Like half their friends are living in homes that are either divorced parents or remarried parents or, I mean, for heaven's sake, it's 2019, right? So they're like gay parents, straight parents, you know, whatever, interracial couples, interreligious couples. I mean, our children, you know, let alone your children are just like not going to be feeling like there's some stigma attached with this event unless we, the parents, project that and then they start feeling it because, well, if mom's feeling, you know, horrified and ashamed and stigmatized, I guess I should too. Right. And so you might as well like do what's right for you mm-hmm. because what's right for you as a participant in the marriage is going to be right for your children. And the simplest way I can explain that is to say, if you're in an unhappy relationship to the point where you're seriously thinking about breaking it up, it's not a secret. Your kids know that. I was just going to say, it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, if your kids... Unless your kids, you know, really don't want to know what's going on, it's usually pretty clear. Like the tension is is there. I completely agree. Yeah. Even even more interesting, I think, to think about for a lot of people is that let's say you've convinced yourself that your kids don't know. Right. Okay. But you know. And you know that you're in this unhappy relationship. And what does that mean to you? That means you're an unhappy person, at least on some very big and fundamental level. Mm-hmm. And that means that you're walking around as an unhappy person. Yeah. Okay. That's and that, not good for your kids. It's not good for your kids. Yeah. Right. And don't your kids deserve to know you as a happy person? Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to be a better parent? Aren't they going to be happier children? And isn't your entire family going to be a happier family, a happier community, a happier right. tribe? And the maybe the only thing standing between having a, a, a much more happy family dynamic and healthier relationships and and all that is like where the two grown-ups live in two different places. For sure. You know? Yeah, I actually think that the sooner your parents get a divorce, the better, if right. that's what they want. Right. You know, because you, the way I think of it is when your parents get a divorce when you're younger, they say like, here's a divorce and basically here's a therapist. Right. You know, but when you're older, like if you're, out of college or in college, you don't, you just get the divorce. You don't get the therapy. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, so it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. The seasons are finally changing. Oh, sorry. I'm interrupting by the way. Um, but I need to tell you like the seasons are changing. If you live in New York or anywhere with seasons, it's getting humid, it's getting hot. And our skin is like the first thing to suffer. It's like, we have to take a million showers a day And I'm just frustrated by it. So luckily, I actually found this thing called Beauty by Design. And it connected me with an online esthetician. I don't even really know how to say that. But, you know, they're incredible. They're these people who know everything about skin, pretty much like 
more or less a dermatologist. And you start talking to this woman or man, and they create this perfect assortment of vegan, cruelty-free, natural products just for you. And I took a little quiz. That's all I did. And then I had my personal esthetician helping me with everything. Um, we were talking through text. It's not a robot. It's a real person who actually cares about your skin. They've got thousands of product combinations that they can create for you just for your specific skin. Like if you have oily skin, if you have dry skin, they know all about it and they know what to get for you. It's incredible personalized skincare. And I really suggest that you go to beautybydesign.com slash Acme now. First time customers get 20% off. So beauty, B-Y-D-S-D-E-S-I-G-N.com, beautybydesign.com slash Acme now. Check it out. And thank you so much, Beauty by Design, for sponsoring the show and for the amazing products that you've sent me. I've been loving them. All right, back to the episode. So you've now dated, you know, back back when you were, I don't, how old were you when you got married? 30. Okay. So you dated in your 20s and then you were back on the dating scene three years ago. Yep. What were the main differences you saw? I mean, there's texting, there's social media. Did you see how that played out in... You know, this little thing called the internet happened in the middle there. Right. And so, you know, when I was on the dating scene, whatever, I, I have no, you know, shortage of ego, but I can also tell you, like, I was a complete failure on the dating scene. Like, I didn't, I, what did I, I didn't know what to do. Right. Like, what could you do? Again, like, hanging out in a bar or something like that, mm -hmm. or, you know, begging all your friends, like, who knows who, like, right. introduce me to somebody, for heaven's sake, please, or... Or praying that like somebody in the workplace is going right. to be attractive to you mm. as a as a as a date, and that's going to want to date you, and that if you break up, doesn't mean you're going to have to quit your job and leave your employment and all. It, it was just miserable. It's hard for me to even remember how anybody got any successful dating relationship, you know, back sure. in those days. Versus on the other side of it, it's the internet, and you know. So I would say we've gone, you know, in the space of my dating career from undersupply to oversupply. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go on, you know, dating apps, whatever they are, and I don't care like what your profile is, there is no shortage of human beings who are For out sure. there looking to date also. For sure. And so it becomes about, well, how do I know the difference between like, like um, somebody who's kind of quirky and fun and interesting and a complete lunatic? Right. It's, it's really interesting and challenging. And anybody who spent any time with dating apps has had the experience of, I don't know, you think like Prince Charming is coming, you know, to meet you at the cafe yeah. and like Ted Bundy, the serial killer arrives, Literally. right? Well, Ted Bundy's pretty attractive, so maybe a different That's serial killer. That's true, that's <laughs> true. Ted Bundy, right, right. So we usually end our episodes with a piece of advice or wisdom or anything that you've learned that you can share with our listeners when it comes to either dating or, okay. or just life. Okay, well, I'll, I'll kind of, I, I sincerely believe this and it's kind of one of the main themes of my book and that is you know, forgive easily and mean it. Mm. You know, there's no doubt that life and other human beings are going to fuck you, all right? right? And think bad things are going to happen. Um, people are going to behave poorly. People you thought were your friends or your allies are going to turn out to not be your friends and allies. Like, so I'm not, I'm not claiming in any way that bad things don't happen, even to the best people. Right. There's a major upgrade in life, I think, 
in being able to get those people and those things out of your head because they just control you if they're in your head. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you go around thinking like, you know, that jerk off fucked me and I just need to figure out how to get revenge or I want to replay that conversation in my head and get it right this time. Like now you're spending all your time obsessing on somebody who meant you treated you poorly and, and I believe the only way to move beyond that truly is to figure out how to literally forgive them. Yeah. You know, not forget about it. You may never forget about it, but forgive them and mean it and then move on. And now you can focus more on your life and the things that are good in your life or the things you want to get done and not looking backwards at the things which legitimately went poorly. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thank you so much, Steve. My pleasure. And please let us know where we can find your book and follow you on social media or anything like that. Okay. You can find me and my book at my website, which is gethappy.life. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Stephen Kane, S-T-E-V-E-N-K-A-N-E. You can find the book if you want on Amazon. Do a search Steve Kane, not Stephen, Steve Kane and the word divorce. Uh, and you'll find the divorce book or Steve Kane and meditation if you want the, uh, the incognito version. Yeah. Thank <laughs> awesome. you for having me. Thank you so much, Steve. This has been great. And if you like the episode, write us a review in the podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at We Met at Acme and check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash We Met at Acme. Thank you so much and have a great day.